The Boston Bruins record-setting season is over. They are upset by the Florida Panthers in round one of the Stanley Cup Finals. Ian McLaren joins us to break down what went wrong for the Bruins and to start looking ahead to their offseason. Gil Martin here. The Locked On Road to the Stanley Cup continues as we welcome Ian McLaren from Locked On Boston Bruins to break down the team's disappointing performance in round one and to start looking ahead to the postseason. Ian, what was the biggest reason that the Bruins were upset by the Panthers? Oh boy, I don't even know where to start, uh, Gil. It's quite a disappointing turn of events, obviously. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we were here talking about best regular season in NHL history in terms of wins and points. And uh, I mean, there's a couple of things you can point to. Boston, for me, what was most baffling is they just didn't seem to be the team that uh, they were in the regular season. They played more, in my mind, afraid to lose than they did ready to win. Um, and it, it seems impossible to say with such leadership experience in the room. There's a bunch of guys that were here in 2019 when they lost in Game 7 on home ice in the Stanley cup final. There's just some weird decisions that, that took place throughout the series in terms of lineups. There were some injuries to Patrice Bergeron, although they went three and one without him in the lineup and zero and three with him in the lineup, just uh, a case of the craziness of playoff hockey with just a uh, baffling inability to rise to the occasion for this uh, Boston Bruins club. And was there one player or, or a couple of players who you feel most underperformed in this series? I mean, you can easily point to the goaltending where Linus Allmark was well below his performance from the regular season uh, to the point where he was pulled for game seven and Jeremy Swayman was given the start. It's not fair to pin it all on him. There were quite a few unfortunate Turnovers that led to goals by the Florida Panthers. Allmark, of course, had that one in overtime in game five that really uh, turned the series in Florida's favor. You can point to him. Uh, Hampus Lindholm had a very quiet series after, you know, having a regular season that people were talking Norris Trophy consideration. Yeah, he was very quiet. Um, of course, Bergeron was banged up. David Krejci was in and out of the lineup. I guess at the end of the day, you can't really rely on guys who are well advanced in their careers to, to lead you deep into the playoffs. Other guys did step up in their absence, uh, but overall it was just, yeah, these costly turnovers that Florida really took advantage of and uh, Boston's goaltending kind of regressing at uh, the worst possible time. Were there any bright spots from the series? You mentioned some some players who did step up. Any mm. bright spots that can be carried forward for this team into next season? I think so, yeah. You, meet, you, you just look at Brad Marchand. He stepped up huge in the absence of Bergeron and Krejci, and uh, he showed an ability to lead this team. and. Just, if this is indeed the end for, for Patrice Bergeron, he definitely 
should warrant some consideration as the next uh, captain of the Boston Bruins, which, you know, would have been not unthinkable, but would have been a surprise even five, six years ago, uh, based on his uh, track record and, and reputation. Uh, I thought Taylor Hall had an amazing series. I felt uh, terrible for him uh, playing some of the best hockey of his career. Could be the best chance he has at getting a cup. He really stepped up and in a, a limited role even. He was playing third line minutes, not really being deployed on the power play. He made the most of his uh, opportunities. And I thought Tyler Bertuzzi really excelled for the Boston Bruins as well. He was a late addition at the trade deadline, had an underwhelming start to the season as a member of the Detroit Red Wings, but for his first taste of Stanley Cup playoff hockey, he was exactly what the Bruins could have dreamed of from him. And uh, hopefully they can find a way to re-sign him, although it's going to be uh, pretty difficult with their salary cap situation heading into next season. Those three guys specifically, Dmitry Orlov, I thought played very well on the blue line as well as a, as an addition uh, to the Bruins lineup. Um, yeah. Those are the guys that pop out to me. Tough question uh, or not really, but do you think this loss renders the season a failure? I mean, that's, that's a pretty big debate on social media right now. It depends on how you look at it, I guess. The ultimate goal was the Stanley Cup. Losing, it's one thing not to win the Stanley Cup. Incredibly difficult to do so. Uh, it's another to lose in the first round to a team that finished 43 points behind you in the regular season standings. And I think you have to look at it as a failure of sorts. Uh, you know, it's all about the journey, not necessarily the destination. The chances are they weren't going to win the cup. It's always smarter to take the field over the president's trophy winners. Just usually the way it works out, but to lose in this fashion after this regular season is yeah, just unfathomable. And uh, I think it will be seen as a failure at, at the end of the day. So what kind of changes do you expect this summer in response to this series loss? And then obviously you just have some guys who are possibly retiring or, or going to move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think there, there will be any changes kind of organizationally. I think Don Sweeney did amazing work to build as deep a team that the Bruins have seen in the salary cap era, Jim Montgomery, an incredible regular season. I think you could argue that he was outcoached by Paul Maurice in this series, made some questionable lineup decisions, maybe didn't go to Jeremy Swayman early enough, but he's not going to be fired after his first season on the job. There's a lot of free agents the Bruins have to contend with. Obviously, Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci coming off the books. They could very well uh, be calling it a career, not in the happy ending we would have liked to have seen, but you know, the way Patrice Bergeron was acting after game seven, giving everybody a hug as they came off the ice emotional uh, one with Brad Marchand specifically, you get the feel like it could be the end. He's expecting a, a child with his, with his wife and he had a herniated disc in his back. Uh, you, you never know. Uh, and they also have a ton of other guys coming off the books, Nick Felino. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, there's some question about him. And speaking of Bergeron and Krejci, they also 
are going to be carrying a cap overage of $4.5 million next season because of their bonuses. So whatever the ceiling is going to be, the Bruins will have to take that right off the top. Uh, Nick Foligno is a free agent, Thomas Nosek, Garnet Hathaway, uh, and they have some restricted free agents as well. So there could be quite a bit of roster turnover. We could see a bunch of guys from Providence who are on uh, some entry-level deals or or cheaper deals getting a shot next year and uh, certainly won't be the level of team that they were able to deploy here at the end of this season. Well, Ian, thank you so much for stopping by. That does it for our Bruins look back here on the Locked On Road to the Stanley Cup. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Locked On Boston Bruins for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.